The Autobiography of Madame Kion by Jean Kion, Volume 1, Chapter 18. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. About eighth or ninth months after my recovery from the smallpox, Father Lacombe, passing by our house, brought me a letter from Father de la Motte, recommending him to my esteem and expressing the highest friendship for him. I hesitated because I was very loath to make new acquaintances. The fear of offending my brother prevailed. After a short conversation, we both desired and further opportunity. I thought that he either loved God or was disposed to love Him, and I wished everybody to love Him. God had already made use of me for the conversion of three of His order. The strong desire he had of seeing me again induced him to come to our country house about half a league from the town. A little incident which happened opened a way for me to speak to him. As he was in discourse with my husband, who relished his company, he was taken ill and retired into the garden. My husband bade me go and see what was the matter. He told me he had noticed in my countenance and deep inwardness and presence of God, which had given him a strong desire of seeing me again. God then assisted me to open to him the interior path of the soul and convey so much grace to him through this poor channel that he went away changed into quite another man. I preserve an esteem for him, for it appeared to me that he would be devoted to God. But little did I then foresee that I should ever be led to the place where he was to reside. My disposition at this time was a continual prayer without knowing it to be such. The presence of God was so plentifully given that it seemed to be more in me than my very self. The sensibility thereof was so powerful, so penetrating, it seemed to me irresistible. Love took from me all liberty of my own. At other times I was so dry, I felt nothing but the pain of absence, which was the keener to me, as the divine presence had before been so sensible. In these alternatives I forgot all my troubles and pains. It appeared to me as if I had never experienced any. In its absence, it seemed 
as if it would never return again. I still, though it was through some fault of mine, it was withdrawn, and that rendered me inconsolable. Had I known it had been a state through which it was necessary to pass, I should not have been troubled. My strong love to the will of God would have rendered everything easy to me. The property of this prayer was to give a great love to the order of God with so sublime and perfect a reliance on Him as to fear nothing, whether danger, thunders, spirits, or death. It gives a great abstraction from oneself our own interests and reputation with an utter disregard to everything of the kind all being swallowed up in the esteem of the will of god at home i was accused of everything that was ill done spoiled or broken at first i told the truth and said it was not i they persisted and accused me of lying I then made no reply. Besides, they told all their tales to such as came to the house. But when I was afterward alone with the same persons, I never undeceived them. I often heard such things said of me before my friends as were enough to make them entertain a bad opinion. My heart kept its habitation in the tacit consciousness of my own innocence, not concerning myself whether they thought well or ill of me, excluding all the world, all opinions or censures, out of my view, I minded nothing else but the friendship of God. If through infidelity, I happened at any time to justify myself, I always failed, and drew upon myself new crosses, both within and without. But notwithstanding all this, I was so enamored with it, that the greatest cross of all would have been to be without any. When the cross was taken from me for any short space, it seemed to me that it was because of the bad use I made of it that my unfaithfulness deprived me of so great an advantage. I never knew its value better than its loss. I cried, Punish me, anyway, but Take not the cross from me. This amiable cross returned to me with so much more weight as my desire was more vehement. I could not reconcile two things. They appeared to me so very opposite, to desire the cross with so much ardor to support it, with so much difficulty and pain. 
God knows well in the admirable economy he observes, how to render the crosses more weighty, conformable to the ability of the creature to bear them. Hereby my soul began to be more resigned to comprehend that the state of absence and of wanting what I longed for was in its turn more profitable than that of always abounding. This latter nourished self-love. If God did not act thus, the soul would never die to itself. That principle of self-love is so crafty and dangerous that it cleaves to everything. What gave me most uneasiness in this time of darkness and crucifixion, both within and without, was an inconceivable readiness to be quick and hasty. When any answer a little too lively escaped me, which served not a little to humble me, they said I was fallen into a mortal sin. A conduct no less rigorous than this was quite necessary for me. I was so proud, passionate, and of a humor naturally thwarting, wanting always to carry matters my own way, thinking my own reasons better than those of others. Hast thou, O my God, spurred the strokes of thy hammer, I shall never have been formed to thy will, to be an instrument for thy use, for I was ridiculously vain. Applause rendered me intolerable. I praised my friends to excess and blamed others without reason. But the more criminal I have been, the more I am indebted to thee, and the less of any good can I attribute to myself. How blind are men who attribute to others the holiness that God gives them. I believe, my God, that thou hast had children who, under thy grace, own much to their own fidelity. As for me, I owe all to thee. I glory to confess it. I cannot acknowledge it too much. In acts of charity I was very assiduous. So great was my tenderness for the poor that I wished to have supplied all their wants. I could not see their necessity without reproaching myself for the plenty I enjoyed. I deprived myself of all I could to help them. The very best at my table was distributed. There were a few of the poor where I lived who did not partake of my liberality. It seemed as if thou hast made me thy only almoner there. For being refused by others, they came to me. 
I cried, It is thy substance. I am only the steward. I ought to distribute it according to thy will. I found means to relieve them without letting myself be known, because I had one who dispensed my alms privately. When there were families who were ashamed to take it in this way, I sent it to them as if I owned them a debt. I clothed such as were naked, and caused young girls to be taught how to earn their livelihood, especially those who were handsome, to the end that being employed and having whereon to live, they might not be under a temptation to throw themselves away. God made use of me to reclaim several from their disorderly lives. I went to visit the sick, to comfort them, to make their beds. I made ointments, dressed their wounds, buried their dead. I privately furnished tradesmen and mechanics wherewith to keep up their shops. My heart was much open towards my fellow creatures in distress. Few indeed could carry charity much farther than our Lord enabled me to do, according to my state, both while married and since. To purify me the more from the mixture I might make of his gifts with my own self-love, he gave me interior probations, which were very heavy. I began to experience an insupportable weight in that very piety which had formerly been so easy and delightful to me. Not that I did not love it extremely, but I found myself defective in that noble practice of it. The more I love it, the more I labor to acquire what I so failed in. But, alas, I seemed continually to be overcome by that which was the contrary to it. My heart, indeed, was detached from all sensual pleasures. For these several years past, it has seemed to me that my mind is so detached and absent from the body that I do things as if I did them not. If I eat or refresh myself, it is done with such an absence or separation as I wonder at, with an entire mortification of the keenness of sensation in all the natural functions. End of chapter 18, volume 1.